plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> All right, what up, Nest? Welcome into the Buzz of Maniacs, the members of the Nest, our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Here we are to post-game of this loss by the Hornets, 103-94 to in Milwaukee. Uh, Dwight Howard pulling down 22 rebounds in this one. Kimball Walker, 15 points. Jeremy Lamb added 17. Frank Kaminsky, the high scorer in this one, though, 18 points off the bench in 33 minutes. Uh, He had an excellent game, 6 of 8 from the field, knocking down three three three-pointers, also pulling down five rebounds and two assists, but not enough to compensate for 32 points from Antetokounmpo, his fourth straight game of 30 or more points, 13 of 21 from the field, and then Chris Middleton, 20 points in this one as well, 8 of 19 from the field. And David, you know, this was a hard-fought game by both teams, a very physical game, very back-and-forth game, and it just seemed to come down at the end to a few missed execution plays by the Charlotte Hornets and missed free throws uh, that ended up costing them this basketball game. What did you see? Yeah, missed free throws from the beginning were an issue. I think they were two of nine early on, and so they left a couple of points out there. And then, you know, Dwight had a tough night shooting from the free throw line. That, that's that's obviously going to happen. But, yeah, I thought the offense got stagnant at times, and that happened at least once down the stretch. And they didn't get a couple of good shots. I mean, they had a couple of – actually, a couple of decent looks to, uh, to take the lead, to break that tie, Doug. But um, just couldn't really get a, a solid look. Marvin probably had the best look late. Um, and so, um, you know, they just had a tough time getting a real good look late and then too much Giannis. I mean, to be honest, he was the best guy on the floor. And, 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 and and at the end, it kind of came down to that. They were able to feed him and Charlotte wasn't able to get anything easy. Uh, to push it over the top. And and we sort of figured that would happen, right? Because Antetokounmpo has played so well and Clifford remarking before the game and at practice on on basically how, you know, in in the half court, he's basically unstoppable, right? Because he can move the basketball. His, his handle uh, does not match his size and physicality. Like a guy that big and that strong should not have the ability to move with the basketball like he does, uh, but he can. And so you really have to try to limit what he can do in transition. And there were a few missed opportunities. And a lot of that, David, again, had to do with turnovers. They they end the game with 14, which is not a terrible number. But so many of those, again, happening at the beginning of this game. They tallied uh, five or six in the first quarter, ended the half with nine turnovers. And again, I mean, just finding themselves in a hole, Milwaukee outscoring them in the second quarter, 35 to 29 and and it's going to be tough to play it's just tough to play bad teams when you're you know as they found out against Atlanta at home going down 20 points in the first half but especially when you're playing a team with a superstar on the level of Antetokounmpo you just can't turn the basketball over and and the Hornets haven't figured that puzzle out yet at least in the first half 
Yeah, and we didn't see Marcus Pace tonight. Um, I th- I thought he might actually play, um, but I guess he was there just in case of emergency with all the point guards going down. He didn't play. You know, I thought Monk actually played certainly better than he has uh, controlling the ball. It was interesting. Jeremy Lamb uh, was running the offense on some of those late game situations uh, with Monk kind of out there on the wing, but. But yeah, the turnovers are killing them. Um, are you are you done with the travel points of emphasis yet, Doug? <laughs> well, <laughs> at least they're call. I think at least they're calling it both ways, right? No, they're I mean, calling it everywhere. Well, they, exactly, <laughs> and it, it's it it led to one sequence. I really felt like a shot didn't go up for about five or six for five or six possessions. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah. it may be going a little overboard at this point, uh, Scott in the house watching us live here on this post-game show saying missed free throws hurt, as did mm-hmm. too little ball movement and odd or ill-timed Jeremy Lamb three-point shots. Overall, I'm not too mad about this loss considering how many Hornets were not available. Well, Scott makes a couple of good yeah. points. First of all, you had Nick Batum, Cody Zeller, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Michael Carter-Williams, and Julian Stone out. So you had both of your backup point guards out. You had your best defender in Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, who probably would have defended Antetokounmpo for most of this game. You had Cody Zeller, and I pointed to this in the in the preview that we did. I mean, Greg Monroe, what did he finish with in this game? Four of nine from the field, but he was essential. He didn't play a ton, but he was essential, I thought, in that second quarter in terms of that, that 35 points that they scored in the second quarter. A lot of those coming from Greg Monroe inside that I thought Zeller would have dealt a lot better with and he certainly uh, would have provided some extra punch inside maybe at the end of the game when they needed it because Milwaukee got Henson in at the end of that game and really did some damage to the Hornets on the boards and then David Mm -hmm. we got a comment on the Jeremy Lamb three-point shots as well Uh, that's what I that's what I meant early on when I said bad execution by the Hornets yeah Uh, Jeremy Lamb just sort of taking it on his own and shooting these off-the-dribble three-pointers in isolation, that's that's not the Hornets' game. That's not Jeremy Lamb's game. He said uh, at media day and during the offseason that he's, he looked at film and, and determined that shooting those those three-pointers off the dribble, were that that's less effective for him. And he, he finally, he hits that one, he, he finished yeah. the game, what, one of five from beyond the arc. He finally knocks down a three-pointer, and well, he has it, yeah, first one of the year, and it's like he got a taste for blood. It's like a shark, and he had to go for it, and and I felt like it hurt the Hornets down the stretch. Yeah, I, I'd have to go back and and look specifically at some of those situations. I know that there just weren't a lot of great options on some of those. I think at least one of them late was was not a great decision. It was it was a pull up with seemed like some time on the clock left. Yeah, and no, and again, no effort at ball movement at all. I mean, Kemba just sort of had to sit yeah. back and and wait on on Lamb to decide what he wanted to do there, and he pulls up for the three, and then finally Scott mentioning the missed free throws. So the team overall shot well from the line. It was those. It really was those nine missed free throws by Dwight Howard that ended up punishing the Hornets. And of course, I mean, I, I'm not really going to put. Uh, you yeah. know, a ton of blame on those final two that he missed with an opportunity, I think, to pull it within two. Uh, you know, uh, there were a lot of plays, I think, that the Hornets had an opportunity to to, uh, to to get this game tied at the end, and they missed those opportunities. But, yeah, look, I mean, you know, Dwight Howard got uh, Thon Maker into foul trouble. That changed the calculus yeah. a little bit for the Bucks, But at the same time, David, that's nine points off the board. 
Yeah, I think to your point, though, it's, you know, that, that's just part of the deal, right? With Dwight, um, the Hornets themselves missed well, uh, not, seven early on. Yeah, well, I mean, not you know, maybe not had, maybe not O of nine. That's not that's not I don't think that's part mm, of the deal. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe what to get four or five and nine. Yeah, that would have helped. Uh, yeah. You know, I just thought you mentioned Henson. Henson, Maker, uh, they had a, a couple guys unexpectedly kind of just make big plays like when they really needed it. And then you throw in Giannis on top of all that. And uh, and, and they, there was too much for the Hornets to overcome. I, I will say this for Lamb, though, and Frank. And we'll get to Frank in a second because he played really well. Lamb's aggressiveness to the basket was something that was sorely needed and I think served the Hornets yeah. well. And I think it served, served Lamb well. Um, so if he can continue to do that, I know he missed a couple late. Um, looking for a couple fouls, but th- that was a, a big part of his game tonight, and he needs to mix a few more of those in there. You know, I think you're right. He hit that one three, maybe got a taste for it, but uh, but did, did did some good things. And I think for Jeremy Lamb, this is a third game in a row, 17 points after two games, scoring 15 points. That is a kind of consistency from a scoring standpoint you want to see. He's just got to fine tune some of the other plays. I did think I don't know if you saw this, Doug, on the Middleton three that I think pushed it to five. Uh, he shuffled it ever so slightly getting out on him. And I don't know if it would have made a difference, but, you know, uh, that's the type of stuff you want to see him react a little bit quicker to. Yeah, I thought defensively that the second unit, along with Lamb, played really well at the end of the first quarter and then kind of let up at the beginning of that second quarter. And it's a lot of the same stuff we've seen, right? I mean, the, the effort, I felt like, was there. But there were some awareness issues with with Lamb and Frank Kaminsky, too, yeah. just short closeouts, getting too far into the paint. Now, I will say that on a, f- on a few of those it was Giannis Antetokounmpo influencing defenses. And this is something he's done to greater teams than the Hornets, causing guys. And, and it was it was the case on that Middleton uh, play as well. Yes, he did shuffle. But the only reason he was that far away from Middleton in the first place is because he was shading over to guard Antetokounmpo. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. what he does to defenses at the same time there were some missed opportunities in transition some missed coverages that the Hornets will have to it's tough because like they had to play perfect right with so many players out with so many key rotation players out it, it was a good it was a really good effort it, to I be think, honest with you I thought they asked a lot of people guys out there and and I thought everyone pretty much played you know to their maximum capability that's what's scary <laughs> close. that's what's scary David I really feel like a, a lot of play I mean 22 rebounds from uh, Dwight Howard you had Marvin Williams flying all over the court he had nine points playing better than he has all season 17 better. points from lamb Frank Kaminsky 18 points he's playing out of his mind Johnny O'Brien only 14 O'Brien. minutes in this game got 14 points he was scoring a point a minute and and the Hornets fall nine point nine points short of the Milwaukee Bucks who really I mean Middleton finally came on in that fourth quarter David but really the Bucks had on to and and little else and then they had to in the in the first half knocking down mm-hmm. three-point shots uh, Frank Kaminsky missing, missing a few rotations on to uh that uh, allowed a couple of those three-point shots to hit but yeah, I mean that's that's the tough thing. They've got to get some guys back because if they they gave ma- I thought they gave maximum effort and yep. and, and got maximum production from a few guys and still fell way short. Uh, Kimball Walker, I'm, I'm going to say only scoring for 15 in this one because uh, he was one of six from beyond the arc. It, it wasn't the offensive game that that uh, we've expected from Kimball Walker in the past couple. Of, you know, just based on the past couple of games. 
But um, they're so long, you know, the, the bucks are so long at, at almost every position. And then you, and the ones that aren't long, namely Della Vadova, just gets up in you. Right. So, I mean, it made it hard on Kemba for a lot of the night, especially down the stretch. He may have forced one or two here or there, which I'm fine with. Um, he was trying to get going and man, but his drives though, uh, his ability to get into the, get into the body of the player and, and make some of those inside drives, which are also big, uh, obviously the leader of the team, but yeah, I mean, a bit of a down night for him scoring wise, but they wouldn't have been where they were without him. Uh, one guy that is did not have maximum production offensively was Malik Monk. 13 minutes mm-hmm. in this one, 1 of 6 from the field, 0 of 3 from beyond the arc. Uh, only one turnover in this one, David. So handled the, the few ball handling yep. opportunities that he got in this one. He handled them much better. But at the same time, four points in this one, uh, minus 10 on the plus minus. David, are you... What's what's your no, what's no, your concern? No, you're I'm not good. concerned. I'm good. I'm good. You're still no, no, like, these you're shots like look, Dell on the on the broadcast. You're you're cool. You're like, shots, just keep taking them. Yep, these shots look good to me. Honestly, they're, they're rimming out. He just needs to see a couple go in. I I really believe that. And and I was encouraged by what I saw with his ball handling night. It's much better than uh, against Atlanta recently. So I think those shots are going to fall. Uh, he's just got to stay with it. That, that's that's going to be my take on that, Doug. Finally, Frank Kaminsky, uh, we mentioned some of the defensive miscues, but he also was talking a lot on defense, and this was something that Clifford pointed out before the game. He's he's just a much better communicator on defense. He, he was organizing that second unit when they were playing well at the end of that first quarter, and then offensively david i mean he's just he's oh, doing man. he's doing some things skill wise that we didn't see last year the well, you go ahead yeah 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 well the, we didn't see in the first two games this season he's much more decisive he's making these moves and sticking with them as opposed to you know going back and forth and and reversing back around and trying to step back out of stuff like and he is looking for advantages where he can find them I mean, he looks he had, confident yeah he looks really confident maybe it is milwaukee i don't know uh, but you know, he looked a lot more confident tonight and was a, a, a Doug we've, we've gone this far. He, he dunked on Giannis. All right. I've got the video. I'm going to play it now, <laughs> uh, for the people who are watching on YouTube. My goodness. Oh my God. Just all over the Greek freak. I, I don't know if this will get confiscated like a LeBron tape, but I mean, that was one of the more surprising plays I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, uh, certainly from Frank, I, I did not see that one coming. Yeah, I, well, I know. I I didn't think that I didn't think that he had the the speed, honestly, to drive on yep. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I thought I thought certainly uh, he would have gotten a chase down or something. But Frank finishing strong and the scream afterwards, oh, the yes. passion, and then I love it too. Like after he does that and he goes for the the interview at halftime, he's just all business. It's all business. He's he's not, he's not here to he's not here to uh, to be goofy to be funny. He's just really like I feel like he's focused and I feel I like too. he's more confident uh, than he's ever been at any point. So eighteen points for Frank Kaminsky, following up that twenty one point performance as well uh, uh, against Atlanta. So he's having quite the run, and, and they certainly need it. I mean, that's the thing without mm-hmm. without this production from Frank Kaminsky, where would the Hornets be? They would have been you know they would have lost this one by by twenty. Without that yeah, production, easily. so 
He's a much different player I mean, when he's playing that confidently and that aggressively. And like I said, he's looking to take guys who are maybe a little bit smaller, getting the contact on the fouls, getting to the free throw line. So, I mean, that's going to be big. And that's kind of the the step we were looking for him to make in his progression. So it's good to see him rebound because he had a tough go of it. Uh, and you mentioned the bench real quick, Doug. Only four turnovers off the bench. And I think that is a big improvement. Two of them by Frank there, one you mentioned by Malik. And then Johnny O'Brien had a turnover. I mean – you know, it didn't prove out to be uh, beneficial for a win in this game, but that second unit really had to improve taking care of the ball and just overall play. So I think that is somewhat of a good sign. All right. So the Hornets fall to one and two on the year. They travel back to Charlotte uh, tomorrow and then they face off against the Denver Nuggets on Wednesday. And then uh, they play again at home on Friday against the Houston Rockets. So uh, a couple of tough tests, but we do get Johnny O'Brien against the Denver Nuggets again. He played really well against them last season and he's coming off this 14 point performance in 14 minutes. So maybe we'll see some more uh, Johnny O'Brien magic if Cody Zeller isn't able to return. But I, to me, that's the big takeaway from this game is that uh, the Hornets, you know, the Hornets have a ceiling at this point without, <sighs> and they have to, they have to execute perfectly at the end of games in order to mm-hmm. have a shot. Because I mean, they fought, that's my, my big takeaway is they, they, they fought like hell. You know, I felt like they yeah. gave maximum effort on defense and, and, and you know, really got physical on offense. Dwight Howard in the paint, uh, affecting nearly, you know, every shot on both ends of the floor in the paint. What? How many offensive rebounds? Seven offensive rebounds. What did that amount to? Second chance points. That's uh, not on this box score, but I'm sure they, they, were, they were able to get uh, several second chance points off of those seven offensive rebounds and total 10 for the game because Johnny O'Brien added two as well. Yeah, and this was a matchup I was interested to see how Dwight would do because, you know, it's it's different than going up against Atlanta or even even Detroit. I mean, of course, Detroit has um, uh, um, <laughs> Andre Drummond. Thank you. Who look? Who, by the way, I was watching. I was watching Sixers Pistons before this. He looks very small next to Embiid. Just amazing. Oh God! To see those two guys yeah. side by side. But but you mentioned um, Dwight's ability to get maker in foul trouble. You know, he got a couple of late fouls there on Henson as well. I mean, that's that's becoming a theme in this early part of the season too. He is just really taking advantage of his his size and his positioning. And, uh, you know, that, that's that's a good advantage for the Hornets. He's really playing well. Though. I mean, Doug, the free throws are one thing. And, and sure, you'd like to see him maybe score a few more points. But 22 rebounds, he, he's getting everything. And if, if he's in the area, he's getting that rebound. Yeah, a lot of those points from Johnny O'Brien, too, came from the line. Six of six from the line. Jeremy Lamb getting to the line a lot, too. Six of six. The team in general, 36 free throw attempts again. Well, it, that's what's keeping him in, yeah. uh, you know, most of these games, and, and and did so last year as well, which is why those early first quarter free throws hurt when they missed it because you just know, you know, they're going to come back to bite you. One more thing I want to look up real quick before we before we get out of here, and I want to talk about Stephanie Reddy as well, uh, but I want to look up fourth quarter how many blocks Howard had in the fourth quarter because I felt like yes, I was right, all four of his blocks <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Didn't score wow. any points. Didn't score any points in that fourth quarter. That was, and you know, yeah, of course he had the two free throw attempts. It, it, it all fell on the guards. I mean, you had Kimball Walker taking seven attempts. Jeremy Lamb was one of six in that fourth quarter. Marvin Williams, one of five in the fourth quarter. Offensive execution, really tough in in this one. And credit to Milwaukee. I think they made it very tough on, on the Charlotte Hornets. But four blocks, and that's nice to see. Dwight Howard not getting, he played 10 minutes, 
in that fourth quarter, was very involved, didn't get involved a lot in the offense, but was very active defensively. So I think that's a good sign for the Hornets moving forward as well. All right, real quick, let's talk about Stephanie Reddy because there's a lot uh, in the news. You had the At The Hive article today covering the hashtag that's been trending, hashtag don't sideline Steph Reddy. This all goes back to the decision that we talked about uh, before the season started by Fox Sports to move Stephanie Reddy uh, down to... Uh, they called it courtside. I think you could very well call it sideline uh, reporting, essentially. And there, and the Fox Sports reasoning was, David, that it was tough for the broadcast team not to have someone courtside because at home uh, they they have to sit up above that first level section, and they wanted to have someone courtside. They added Matt Carroll to the mix as well for for pregame and postgame duties. Uh, but David, it just seems like. Stephanie not really involved in the game analysis at all anymore. Yeah, they're throwing it to every once in a while. Um, like, I guess maybe half going into the half and maybe to start a quarter here or there, but like yeah, a, so like a sideline reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because of those three, right? Adele, uh, Eric Collins, and Stephanie. I think that's actually who you would want down there. I mean, obviously, I, I don't think she is, is super thrilled with it, but you know, you're not going to move Eric Collins <laughs> out. Obviously, he's the play-by-play guy, so it comes down to Adele and Stephanie. I think. Um, and and you mentioned a couple of times last year, it's three-man booth is tough, um, and that's like a tough dynamic to 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 develop, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's my big takeaway from all of this is that I, first of all I want to say this I I think Steph Reddy belongs in in a booth somewhere. Yeah, I, but I don't I don't know if if the chemistry between those three worked well by the end of last season. I just didn't feel like they were they were bouncing off of each other in a natural way. It it often stalled. It often felt forced. And, and I think Fox Sports was in a tough position because, I mean, obviously, you know, I look, they can say there's the, the, that there's this situation with being down at the being down at courtside. Well, then you added Matt Carroll. Why not put Matt Carroll at the at courtside? I don't know. You know, I right. just but I'll just well, say that it, it, yeah. did, it didn't the, the three man team didn't the three person team didn't feel like it worked. And. And I and I just don't know. And like you said, it's a tough situation, right? Because they brought Eric Collins in uh, to be the play-by-play guy. They brought they brought him in to be uh, the 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 person that put the polish on it. And and he's done that. And I think he's done an excellent job. And then you have Curry, who's the ambassador of the, of the team, mm-hmm. and and is an excellent color commentator himself. It's just a tough situation. Yeah, that I don't know has um, a really that I don't necessarily know has a clean resolution in my mind. And, and you, you remember that awkward tw- transition they used to have last year when like Stephanie or I did Eric Collins do it? Like somebody would disappear for like the last five minutes of the game to get down into yeah, the locker would switch, room and they would switch off. Yeah, they'd switch off. Did Eric did Eric Collins do that? Yeah, or, occasionally, or, or, sure. 
So that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> like you that, you know, that, that mm-hmm. never really worked. So, so I guess they had to figure something out to get a, a little more stability, but, but I'm with you. I mean, I certainly I enjoyed guess, Stephanie's breakdown. You no, know, totally. And, and I think she's, you know, she's doing a fantastic job uh, with, with what she had. The pregame shows are, are great. Her analysis. Well, she's, she's got a coach's, she's got a coach's yes, perspective. And, right? and it's, and, and it's fantastic. But what I'm saying is the three person booth last season, yeah. in my opinion, and, and I think, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I don't think it really was working to its maximum potential. And, um, and again, I don't think that's, I, think I don't think I, can, yeah, I, can, I don't think that would be a strength of Dell to move to the sideline. Like that's not, I don't, I don't, I don't take a shot at him. I just think he's better in the booth. I think Stephanie's actually better than he would be on the sidelines. You know what I mean? Yeah. So again, it's a, a tough situation. I think what it, what it's weird to me more than anything is the the sort of explanation that Fox gave because it never really I, I was willing to give it a, a chance if they were going to involve Stephanie in the game regularly. But I never saw that happening because how can you do that when you you know, you and I know the struggles and we just do it we're doing a little podcast, right? But you and I know the struggles of not being able to see one another and the timing, you know? And mm-hmm. to do that for for a professional basketball game that moves at such a fast pace, it's impossible, right? So the only choice that they have would be to toss to her, and that is not happening. So, right. yeah, we're, this you know, and, and look, look, fans, there are there is a a a little bit of a groundswell of of fans that are upset by this that have you know created the hashtag, and and we'll see, we'll see if Fox, uh, we'll see if Fox sees this, we'll see if they listen to it. Um, I just think it's a tough situation overall because, again, both of these things can be true, right? That Stephanie Reddy belongs in a booth and Stephanie Reddy is great at in-game analysis, but also that the three-person booth was not working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. It it doesn't feel like it's going to... This is not Positive over. Resolution this story at this point. is yeah. not over. So we will <laughs> let us know what you think on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. You can email us buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com or chat with us live in the mornings, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. And again, we'll, we'll be uh, uh, Captain Kurt. He's he's uh, somebody that helps out on this show a lot, and he's one of the main guys behind this this hashtag, don't sign line Steph Ready. So he's very opinionated about it. And, and and we are too, honestly. I mean, I, I think we everybody's going to have different opinions about this, but uh, I want to continue discussing this uh, as it progresses. Uh, but uh, for this edition of Locked On uh, Hornets postgame, I think we're done, David. The Hornets uh, going down in this one, uh, 103-94 to the Milwaukee Bucks, falling to one on, one and two on the season. We're going to be back on Wednesday with a preview of this game up against the Denver Nuggets. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.